Hi friends, and welcome to The Afterword, a podcast where we meet up to have a deeper conversation about the truths we're studying in the Bellevue Women Bible Study each week. I'm your host, Donna Gaines, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Jean Stockdale and Dana Street. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at the Beatitudes found in Matthew 5 in our study of this present kingdom, the disruptive message of the Sermon on the Mount. Today, we welcome in our friend Angie Wilson as we talk about how to put these kingdom attitudes into action in our daily lives. You're listening to The Afterword. Well, welcome, Angie. Thank we are you. delighted to have, so you. to have you. Angie is a wife and a mom to two teenage boys and on our writing team with Bellevue Women. So Angie, just to get started, tell us a little bit about how being on the writing team has impacted you. It has deepened my faith in a way that has been unprecedented because Dana invited me to join the team years ago, and it has caused me to depend on the Lord in a way I never have before. I sit down at a keyboard in front of a screen with my Bible and my commentaries, and there's nothing there, and I've, it's just the Lord does it. So it's been a um, faith-deepening exercise for me. It's caused me to dig into the Scriptures more deeply than I ever have and to uh, just see how rich and true it is. So it's caused me to depend on Him, to cry out to Him, to say, I cannot do this apart from you, truly I cannot, and just watch Him unfold a beautiful story. So it's been it's been great for me. Well, the Lord has greatly used you. And not only is Angie a blessing to be around and to ride alongside, she also raises the bar for the rest of us because she usually has hers in first. <laughs> yes, we're currently writing for next year, next semester. And I was only a month behind on my first submission. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, today we were looking at what it means in the Sermon on the Mount to be salt and light. Mm-hmm. So ladies, I'm just going to pitch it out there. How did it impact you and what stood out? as you looked at this lesson. Oh, wow. Jean, you did tremendous a job. tremendous oh. job today yes. just exhorting us to be who God has created us yes. to be and to be all in yes. and being yes. salt and light. Because y'all, if we do not penetrate our culture, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I read a um, statement this week. It was by a sociologist by the name of Robert Bella. And he said, the governing values of a whole culture may be changed when 2% of its people have a new vision. It only takes 2% to change a culture. Wow. But if we don't step up, Mm -hmm. if we don't turn up our lights, if we don't increase our saltiness, I'm very concerned for this next generation. Yeah, and I think complacency and apathy are (laughs) a plague upon Mm. our current Christian culture. Mm. And I think we have many times depended upon political leaders to set policies and make laws that protect us and we think we're safe. That is not how the kingdom of God is advanced. Mm -hmm. It's not through the policies of man. It is through the kingdom of God and Mm -hmm. God's people advancing and being the salt and light Mm -hmm. that he's called us to be. I loved your illustrations and just the thinking about, you know, just what it means to be salty and how Mm -hmm. salt makes us thirsty. And I thought, but just even my own taste buds, Mm -hmm. how I I crave salt and like you want more Mm -hmm. salt. And I have one son-in-law who will remain nameless that adds salt to every single thing before he even tastes it. You know, so he loves salt so much, but also like salty and sweet together, mm. you know, like popcorn and peanut and Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you do think about how it increases our thirst. Yeah. The analogy for me in that is the more all in I am, the saltier my life will be and the more I will cause others to thirst for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Not only others, but I myself, mm-hmm. because as we all know, the more we study, 
the more we dive deeply into God's word, the more we desire it. Mm-hmm. It just increases that hunger and thirst. Yes, yes. and I, I love the truth that when salt is mixed, that's yes. when it becomes that's right. Worthless. The impurities, yeah. yes. Right. When the impurities come in, then the strength of the salt is diminished, and mm-hmm. it's good for nothing. They had to be very careful when they discarded that salt that was uh, no longer of any value. That they not put it in the soil where they were raising their animals, or where they mm-hmm. were grazing their animals, or where they were raising crops, because it would damage mm-hmm. them. It had to go into the road where it would be beaten down yeah. and ultimately dissolved. It was just good for nothing, mm-hmm. and that. That phrase of being worthless has mm-hmm. just rattled around in my heart and my mind and my soul as I have thought about how I so want to be so all in for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't want to waste anything and how easy it is, especially in the culture we're living. And honestly, in the busyness of our schedules and our days and the demands of legitimate things, how it is so easy to lose focus on what is the main thing. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. And when we think about putting salt and light together, (laughs) when we're salty, causing others to thirst and hunger for him, and then we allow the light of Christ to shine in us and through us, people are drawn to Christ in Mm -hmm. us. And I thought about light in scripture and how it is a part of the very essence of God. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world, but we go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis and God said, let there be light. Mm-hmm. And you go to the end of the book in Revelation, and Revelation tells us that there's no need for the sun or the moon, that mm-hmm. the glory of the Lord illumines the new Jerusalem, and the Lamb is the lamp of heaven. Mm-hmm. I just love yeah. that. Yeah. So we see that when we're more like Jesus, mm-hmm. when we are all in, when we're consumed with Him, it is His light that shines out of us. So in a very practical way, how can we help other women grasp how we can be saltier, and brighter as we go into our culture and with our families. One of the things that really stood out to me this week was um, a line there that says, ours is not a call to retreat, but to shine. Mm. And we spent a lot of time in our small group this morning talking about the bunker versus the beacon. I love that this Mm -hmm. week. And I think we've got a lot of moms in my group. So just thinking about our children and what that means and what what it means to truly shine for him. And one of the ladies in the group pointed out, which I thought was so great, she said, yes, we're called to be the light out in the world, but I need to be the light in my world at home with Mm -hmm. my children. And that really struck me. Yes, we are called to go out and to be a light Mm -hmm. to a darkened world, but my children need to see me shining that light not shrinking back in fear, which has been, it's, that's been a battle for me over the past several months is just the despair and the fear of what's to come and what's out there. And it just feels safer and more comfortable to stay at home and be in our bunker and be safe with like-minded people. But that's not what he's called us to do. So, and I'm raising two boys. I want them to be bold warriors for Jesus Christ. And that means getting out there and shining brightly, not retreating. So that was something that really stood out to me this week and that we talked about a lot this morning. You know, I think that looking for opportunities everywhere we go. You know, whether you're at the store, you're at a restaurant, people are so hungry right now for a smile. And so really trying to make eye contact and talking to people and trying to see people. You know, we've got to get ourselves out there because if we do not get ourselves out there, if you turn on the light 
in an empty room well, the light is on, but nobody is seeing it. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And so we have got to get out there in places to where people are going to see the light mm -hmm. and where they're going to taste the saltiness. During Snowmageddon, is that what we're calling this, <laughs> the thing that we just came through, Snowmageddon? One day, I made a huge pot of soup. In fact, it was one of those pots of soup that grew to two pots of soup. Yeah. You know, just kept, I kept adding, and it kept growing and growing and growing. And then I tasted it and realized... I had not put any salt in it. Now, it had great vegetables. It had all kinds of stuff in it. And it just took a little bit of salt to make it to where everybody wanted to eat it. You know, it, it was worth eating. It is a combination of salt and light. Because if the salt lost its flavor... What good is the light mm -hmm. that we're trying to get? Mm -hmm. um, About 13 years ago, I believe is when it was, Craig and I got to do a mission trip into Angola. And it's a country that's just been ravaged by civil war. They've only had peace at the time we were there for about four or five years. And it's been just a really devastated place. And one of the things that has happened in the region we were in is that when the rebels had overrun Angola in that particular region, as they left, they poured quick dry cement into all the water lines and all of the drains and they damaged all of the power stations and so when we were there no one had almost no one had running water and very few had electricity at all and I remember the first night we were there about 6 30 the sun going down and I had been in the midst of a bustling community and a city and it was as far as you could see it was very mountainous and you could just see for such a long ways but all of a sudden when the sun went down there was simply no light. And it is the darkest dark mm. I've ever experienced in my life. And it was very disorienting. And I stood there and put my hand in front of my face and I could not see. And I remember thinking, I want to remember yes. what this is like. This mm. is darkness. It's oppressive too. Very yes. oppressive. Yes. And Almost the little, like you can't breathe. The little lady, we were staying in an apartment and a Christian couple owned it. They didn't speak a word of English, but were very mm -hmm. gracious to us. The first night she brought me in a little stub of a candle and a little match. <laughs> and after she left, Craig and I sat down and lit our little light and I took a picture of it. And I remember we just sat in the presence of watching how that little bitty light mm -hmm. began to cast its glow in that place and with that much darkness surrounding how it just began to dispel the darkness and that image has just stuck with me of how dark the dark is mm -hmm. but when the light is brought in that God can even as we surrender to him and as we're obedient to him he can use even a single flame right. to begin to light the darkness of this dark world well and I want you guys to think about this because we linked this week being salt and light with service. Mm -hmm. So think about ways that we can be salt and light in our community, because I do want us to give some practical application to those who are listening. But I want us to also think about what it means and how we can become those who glow. Because you mm -hmm. said the glow of the candle, and I think that's what Christ's light in us, it glows, mm -hmm. it radiates mm -hmm. out of our mm -hmm. inner being. Because as we know, looking at the Beatitudes, the change starts from within. Mm -hmm. So that light of the Spirit shines out from within. Philippians 2.15 says that, mm -hmm. so that we will prove ourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. 
among whom you appear as lights. Now think with me one moment about Moses up on the mountain with the Mm -hmm. Lord. And when he came back down, the people were fearful of him because what? His face glowed. He had been in the presence of holiness. Mm -hmm. He had been in the presence of the holy Mm -hmm. God. And so we will make that time with the Lord in his word, in his presence, at his feet, spending time in prayer, if we will pull away every day to spend time with Mm. him, the glow of his spirit from within will be what draws people Mm -hmm. to Jesus in us. Mm -hmm. But also that communion with him as we begin our day in his presence will be the communion, the fellowship, his voice will be what guides us through our day so that we're able to experience those divine appointments that are sometimes, most likely, I would say, really interruptions. Because if we're not aware and in tune to the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit, we can miss opportunities to be salt and light as we go out into the world and serve. So I'm going to open it up. What are some practical ways we can do that, ladies? Well, Donna, I think that salt and light are both agents of change. Mm -hmm. And so you cannot be in the presence of salt and light without a change being made. And you wrote this lesson this week. (laughs) And one of the things you talked about, I think you referred to Ann Voskamp's book, The Broken Way, and talked about living given. What does that that mean to live given? And as I was studying that this week, the Lord just really spoke to me and said, you live given because you live forgiven. Mm -hmm. If we are living forgiven, if we have been consumed by his sacrifice, if our hearts have been gripped, we have no choice Mm -hmm. but to live a life that says, okay, this was not what I had planned today, but this is what God had planned today. And that is the most important thing. And I'm a list maker. And so, and a list doer. And so interruptions can frazzle me mm-hmm. at times, but I'm trying to learn that I can trust God right. with the other things on my list. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get done, oh, well, and I'm practicing that. I have a list right now that I've marked four <laughs> things off and three things have been sitting there for a week and it's just been okay. Oh. But we've got to be sensitive to the Lord. And when somebody calls, when somebody mm-hmm. you know, says, hey, I've got a problem, I was so blessed this morning coming in because several ladies stopped me on the way in saying, let me tell you what God laid on my heart to do this week. Mm -hmm. He laid on my heart to make a phone call. Let me tell you the person that, you know, I was able to reach out to who is really struggling. Had one woman shared about someone that she knows who's an alcoholic and at just the right time, she sent that person a text telling them that she loved them and how much that had meant. Being sensitive, you know, technology can be a bear to deal with, but we also have lots of opportunities. Sometimes just getting a text, a phone call, Yes. you know, we, I I think we don't need to disparage what those things are. With those opportunities. Well, and I shared a verse when you mentioned that. I shared a verse this week with a mom who's struggling for a child that she's interceding for, and I've been agreeing in intercession with her. And the Lord just prompted me to send a specific verse, and she sent me back immediately a picture of her prayer journal with that verse. Oh, wow. So Amen. that's where you just want to stay sensitive to the Holy yes. Spirit and be obedient. Mm. And I would just encourage you in your time with the Lord, when God prompts me with those kind of things, I keep a little three by five card or notepad or something beside your quiet time because don't get up and do it right then. 
Amen. The Lord is just speaking to you and giving you some words of commissioning for the day. Mm. Jot them down on that card or on that little notepad. And then when you've completed your time with him, you don't leave him. He goes with you. Mm. But that's your consecrated, set-apart time just to be with him and hear from him. Then you can go about that little list. But it keeps me from being distracted from what God is calling me to. So, Angie, what would you say would be some good ways for us to be salt and light around those around us? Someone made a great point in our group this morning. She said, coming through the snow, she said, you know, they put salt That's on the right. roads yes. mm. to make that hard, icy surface soft. And just the importance of being kind. We yes. underestimate oh just the power yes. of a kind word. The world is hard yes, and cold is. and hurtful. Mm. So I just thought about that this morning, just as she was speaking, when I'm going out into the community or I'm with, with my children or with my friends, whoever, am I speaking and am I laying salt out that will soften a heart and mm. make it tender so that I can share the love of Jesus Christ? An interesting example my husband did this past week. We took our kids to go sledding in the snow and they wanted to go night sledding. So it was nighttime oh, and wow. we uh, pulled up and got out of the car and unloaded the sleds and everything. And there was a big 18 wheeler just down the road stuck. And my husband said, we, we need to help him. He's, you know, probably by himself. And of course, you know, we're all like, oh, come on. We want to go sledding. The boys wanted to go, didn't want to be interrupted. Right. And my husband set such a great example. Mm. He said, you guys go if you want, but I'm not going to leave this man by himself. And he helped him for hours, digging out of the snow, getting him loose, offering to get him dinner. And, you know, our plans were disrupted. And what we wanted to do was interfered with. But this man, he said, you've been so kind to me. Thank you so much for being so kind to me. And my husband was able to come back and tell the boys, you know, this was an open door. That's right. We don't know what what the Lord, how he wanted to use us to minister to this man who was needy and and needed someone. So I just think it's dying to self. Like I think everything is in the Christian life. Isn't it though? It's not about me. It's not about my list or what I want to accomplish, Mm -hmm. but just being that special utensil for honorable use. That's what I thought about this morning when you were speaking, Jane, just Mm -hmm. having a pure heart. And a willing heart, open hands. Lord, I'll do what you want when you want it. Angie, that is beautiful. It makes Mm -hmm. me think about Jesus and how he always had time for the one. He always had time for the person in distress. You know, Mm -hmm. think about the woman who reached out and grabbed his robe as he was heading to heal Jairus' daughter. And he stopped what he was doing, even though what he was doing was very important Mm -hmm. and urgent to Mm -hmm. those around him, and said, who touched me? Mm -hmm. And blessed that woman and told her that her faith had made her well. So, yes, we need to be like Jesus. And he has has time for the one, doesn't he? Jean, how about you? Well, I just love that you were able to do that with your boys Mm -hmm. present. You Mm -hmm. seized that opportunity. God set up a divine appointment. Because modeling that for your children is so much more important even than just teaching them that, even speaking that, but to actually get to see that. Craig and I had an interesting week. We were on the receiving end more than the giving end because out there in the cottage, we lost water for most of the week. Our well froze up. And we were overwhelmed by the kindness that people offered us, wanting to come and help, wanting to provide food, seeing what we needed. And by Wednesday, we had run out of our bottled water. We have a friend that's a few miles away, and they said, please come over and get hot showers. Let us feed you. We'll fill up all your water bottles. And it was just the kindness of the Lord to see the body of Christ in action and to be on the receiving end was really humbling in a, a very real way to see how gracious people were to be light and salt to us in our time of need. 
it was such a rich, rich blessing and really it helped carry us through in a physical way, but in a spiritual way, carried us through what was really a very challenging week. It's a beautiful picture of the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. And mm. when we die to our flesh, Angie, like mm. you were talking about, and we sit at the feet of Jesus and he takes over. Mm. <laughs> you know, holiness, think about the Mount of Transfiguration when Peter, James, and John saw Jesus on the Mount and he was transfigured before them, glowing, bright, whiter than any launderer on earth could have gotten his clothing. Mm. And Moses and Elijah appear with him. They were overwhelmed by that. But it was just a picture to me that his deity was shrouded while he was mm. here on earth. But in that moment, mm. the veil was lifted and they mm. were able to see him as he truly is. Mm. And we when we are holy on the inside, which is what the Sermon on the Mount is all about. Mm. It's about mm. focusing on the heart. And now as we've mm. moved into that section that's drawing us into action, it's showing us that those actions come out of the heart. Yes. Just like out of the heart the mouth speaks, out of the mm. heart actions come as well. And if the Holy Spirit has filled us, if we have died to the flesh and the Spirit of God has taken over, then His love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, mm. gentleness, and self-control will be evident in our life as well mm. because holiness glows. Mm. Holiness glows. And you're only holy if you're transformed into Christ-likeness. Amen. Mm. Amen. I mean, just pay it forward. You know, just you hear yeah. people talk about those kinds of things. But when you go through the line at the grocery store, bless the cashier and say, hey, do you have a favorite snack or a favorite kind of gum? Buy it for them and hand it to them. I mean, you know, give a tip to the guy that bags your groceries. In fact, I had a young man help me when it was kind of messy one day and he was helping me get some things and he said, well, I'll take your cart for you. And I said, are you allowed to get tips? <laughs> and his smile, I mean, he just lit up. Um, so if doing that, contacting your neighbors. One of the neat things our little neighborhood did was they sent out an email last week and said, hey, two or three people have volunteered that if anybody needs an errand run, you need groceries, mm. need anything, if you'll let us mm. know, they're more than happy to do it. If you go through a drive-through, pay for the person behind you in line. Mm. And then when they get up there, just ask the cashier to say, hey, just tell them God bless you. You know, have a wonderful day. Mm. Praying for waiters and waitresses in restaurants. Um, huge. Uh, yes. Huge. Offering to pray for people is so wonderful. And literally in Memphis, I've never had one person turn mm. me down. No. In fact, many times they'll be moved to tears. Recently, mm. one sweet waitress was, and she said, I'll have to get right back to you. <laughs> she oh. had to walk off for a minute mm. and come back. Oh. So just be thinking and be available. And building relationships. Yes. We have a restaurant that we go to but we we know the lady that usually waits on us really well and we have been over the past several months praying for our son and so we've really built a great relationship with her we have a great time just talking to her how's he doing you know is there anything else that we can pray for you about you know they're just yes, people that you yes. see opportunities to build relationships with People that are outside of our bunker. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. yes. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I love our bunker, but we've got to get out there and yeah. build relationships Absolutely. with people. Those are all great ideas. And so thank you, ladies, so much for this opportunity to get to go a little bit deeper into what it means to be salt and light. And I just want to encourage all of us to live given. Amen. Because we are forgiven, Amen. we can live given. So mm -hmm. let's focus on living given. And you will find in the giving you will be the receiver Amen. of great mm -hmm. joy. Mm -hmm. Angie, would you close us in prayer? Sure, I would love to. Thank you. Dear Lord Jesus, how we thank you and praise you for this time together, Lord. I thank you just for the freedom and the opportunity to sit and talk about your word openly with sisters in Christ, Lord. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for um, your forgiveness and your grace and your mercy, Lord, the way that you yes. love us so deeply and so richly and that you would send your son for me, Lord. I just, I thank you and I praise you for it. 
I pray that as we have studied this week about being salt and light, Lord, that it would not just be another week of homework or Bible study, but it would be a life-changing lesson, Lord, that we would live each day looking for ways to be salt and light to this dark and broken world. I pray, Father, that we would penetrate the darkness with the light of the world, with the light of Jesus Christ and the truth of who you are and what you have come to do for us, Father. I pray for your blessings over this city, Lord, and our nation. I pray that you would use each of us to be a light for this dark world, Lord, that we would shine a bright light into this nation, Lord, and that every plan of the evil one would be thwarted because we've been obedient and followed Mm -hmm. you, Father. I pray that we would die to self, Mm -hmm. that we would decrease so that you would Mm -hmm. increase, Lord, and that the love of Jesus Christ would permeate every single place that we go, and that when we come away from our time with you, that we would glow, Lord, that we would have the glow of the Holy Spirit and able to share the truth of who you are and what you have done. I pray all of this in Jesus' mighty, matchless name. Amen. 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 The Afterward Podcast is a production of Bellevue Women and Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. For more Bible studies and other resources, visit bellevue.org slash women.